0: We're warming up. We do this little weird, like, little dance to get warmed up from Wim Hof. He does this hoo, ha, who ha, and you turn, and you do this weird, and you're in this horse stance, and it's the most bizarre-looking thing. It's like 30 of us are doing this hoo, ha, hoo, ha, and I was the last to go. Welcome to the Vegan Life Coach Podcast, where we coach you to coach yourself. And now it's time to become Plan Empowered with your co-hosts, 25-year vegan Ella Majors and mindset master, Stephanie Aguilar. Hey, hey, Empowered Vegan Lifers. Ella here with my co-host. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Ella. It's been so long. I know. I mean, nobody at home listening is going to understand that it's been long because I know we've continued our podcast every week, but we had to record well in advance for the holidays, so our editor could have her time off. And so, yes, I missed you.
1: I missed you too, like a I lot. You too. Me too. I miss you. It's very strange because I miss you all the time, <laughs> but it's like an extra level of intensity this time because we haven't really interacted very much the last few weeks. I haven't interacted with most of life the last few weeks.
0: It's been a doozy for you.
1: I know COVID. It is hard. Yeah. So we've been kind of out of circulation for a few weeks. And your whole family got hit pretty much. The whole family got hit. Yeah. And of course, there were three of us at the same time and then one straggler. So (laughs) what a deal. What a deal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My mom had it as well. I didn't get it. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Omicron is something. It's really contagious. I have a story to share. Oh, yeah? Tell me.
0: Yes. Well, you know parts of it. Our audience does not. So I am all about doing new things this year. Like that's what I want to do. Things that scare me. My phrase for the year is courageous love. So that courage piece is really speaking to me. And I decided to face my I don't know if I call it a fear of the cold. I'm not sure. Is it a fear or it's just that I'm so tough. In so many ways. I mean, you have to be tough to do Muay Thai because right. it's pretty brutal, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, you get hurt. But I can't get out in the cold and be anything but the biggest wimp. <laughs> Maybe it's just a very strong aversion. Now, here's what I discovered. Yeah. Here's what I realized, <laughs> thanks to this event, which I'll tell you about. I realized I must have died by freezing to death in a past life.
1: Oh, what do you think about that? I think that might have some truth to it because you do have kind of an unnatural aversion to cold.
0: Yeah, so I decided to do this training, which is a Wim Hof method breathing session followed by cold exposure, which in this scenario was a ice-filled freezer with water and ice. So it was just above freezing the water. So I got through the breathing, fantastic. I love the breath work. It was whoo I don't, If you haven't done Wim Hof breathing, I definitely recommend giving it a try. But then we got to the cold and there was literally 30 people there lined up to do this cold exposure, half of whom had never done it before. I mean, everybody's were warming up. We do this little weird, like little dance to get warmed up from Wim Hof. He does this whoo, ha, who ha. And you turn, and you do this weird and you're in this horse stance. And it's the most <laughs> bizarre looking thing. It's our 30 of us are doing this whoo, ha, whoo, ha. And, I was the last to go. I couldn't figure out if I could actually make myself get in that freezer. Well, the instructor Donato was like, time, you doing it or not? And I said, yes. I started crying. Mm-hmm. Me. I don't cry in public. No. I started crying. That's when I realized I must have died in a past life from the frozen cold. Yeah. So I did it it took my breath away. It was the most painful thing I've ever done in my life. I would rather kick a concrete post. I'd rather do just about anything. I broke my hip at one point, right? I'd rather break my hip again. Like that's the pain that it caused me. And yes, was I super proud when I got out? I got out and like screamed and all 30 people were standing around and they start applauding. I videoed it and it's like this huge applause because I was that wimpy about it. Anyway, I'm proud of myself for doing it. It
1: was a two session pack that I bought. And so I was supposed to go back this Friday. What do I do? That was super optimistic of you. And right. I'm very proud of you Thank for you. buying a two session pack.
0: Well, that's kind of how they did it. They didn't really give you a choice for one.
1: Oh, never and
0: mind. Yeah. hmm But I still bought it. And my intention when I bought it was to go to both sessions, no matter how painful it is. And you know me, and we talk about it all the time, making these commitments to ourselves. I'm hoping your training for today
1: is going to help me make this decision. I think it will. I think it will. Yeah. Tell me this. Why do you feel like you have to do the second?
0: There's a few reasons. One is that I made the commitment to myself. I mean, nobody else cares, right? I know that. Right. But number one. I made the commitment to myself. I don't like breaking my commitments, right? Number two, what if it gets a little easier? There are people who say that after doing it several times that they got addicted to it, that it was very painful at the beginning, but it gives them such benefits to their lives and their energy and their health and, you know, reducing inflammation and just feeling exhilarated that they're addicted and they go three times a week. It's a club that they go to. So you know part of me wants to see if that's actually the case for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, today's training is on building intentional joy into your life. So I wonder because we haven't talked about this training. We have not beforehand. So I'm interested to hear what your decision will be after kind of viewing it through this lens. I'm interested too. Yeah. It does not sound like a very joyful experience, but we don't have to do everything, you know, in our lives specifically for joy.
0: Right. Well, it was a joyous feeling to be done with it. Well, there you have it. <laughs> but does that balance out? I really don't know. That's why I'm really struggling <laughs> with decision. So I'm going to listen to your training. And then on the next episode, yeah, we will let you all listeners know what happened, what I decided to do.
1: yeah what's it gonna be i know i can't wait to hear i don't know i don't suspense suspense drama
0: well i'm excited to hear this training so shall we get to it let's get to it all right let's do it
1: i read a news article this week about Ina Garden's reply to Reese Witherspoon's list of New Year's habits. Now, you know who Ina Garten is, right? She's this celebrity chef. She's on the Food Network. She's always has these beautiful spreads with people that she loves. And of course, Reese Witherspoon is the actress. And so Reese Witherspoon's post was about some daily life improvements that she's going to be incorporating this year including starting the day with a big glass of water. And the second one was getting 10 minutes of outdoor light. The third read for 60 minutes without any distractions. And the fourth was be in bed by 10 o'clock, no binging interesting shows (laughs) and getting eight hours of sleep at night. Ina Garden's response says something that I think is really interesting. She said, that sounds great. But I'm probably not going to be doing any of these things, LOL. My formula is easier to follow. Number one, drink more large cosmos. Number two, stay up late watching addictive streaming series. Number three, stay in bed in the morning playing Sudoku. And number four, spend more time with the people I love. I do what I can in a pandemic. (laughs) Of course, both lists are great, right? But I think they come with two very different purposes, the first from a place of self-improvement and the second from a place of genuinely sneaking in intentional bits of joy. And that's what I really want to talk about today is being intentional about sneaking in those bits of joy. I think a lot of time we tend to look at ways to make our days happier by simply Inverting what makes us unhappy. We spend time trying to really minimize the impact of unhappiness of our day. And, uh, you know, essentially we ask ourselves, what can I do to prevent myself from being unhappy? And I think that seems a little bit short-sighted when you consider that negativity impacts us daily. As Susan David says, negative emotions are part of our contract with life. Right. So we can build resistance and we can build coping mechanisms to deal with that impact. But that's not quite the same thing as being intentional about cultivating the moments of joy, is it? Dr. Nick Wignall, clinical psychologist who has a great podcast called Minds and Mics, defines joy as an experience of intensely positive feeling, usually characterized by a mixture of excitement and connection. So let's pull that apart just a little bit. Using this definition, joy is an acute, but relatively short-lived experience. We experience moments of joy. Secondly, joy is intensely positive. It is above our baseline, above our normal state of happiness or daily living. And it's experienced as a burst of intense positivity. So looking forward, Further, joy is usually characterized by a mixture of excitement and connection. Excitement can be experienced as passion or curiosity. Maybe it's stimulation or just awe. While connection could be friendship or love between people, or a sense of belonging with the world, nature, animals around us, the universe, or even simply interconnected to ourselves. So, by using this definition, we can provide ourselves really a framework for intentionally building moments of joy into our daily lives. I would love to be able to give you a step-by-step strategy for this. The queen of strategy, right? But the truth is being intentional about creating joy will require each of us individual introspection. Joy is just really such a very personal experience. So instead, let me provide you with a framework so that you can begin to point yourself in a direction to cultivate these moments for yourself. And we're going to start by asking some questions. So you're going to want to take some notes on your answers to these. That's what's going to point you into this framework for building in those moments of intentional joy. First question is, what are my most authentic preferences in life? What do I really want? This is an important question because so often we decide what we want is actually influenced By others around us and what they want or what we think we should want. Do you enjoy playing softball or is that something that your parents thought would be a good activity and you've continued it into adulthood? Do you like to hike or is that something your spouse really loves? Do you enjoy cooking or is that just one of the things that you thought you should enjoy? Because now you're an adult. Not to say you can't choose activities for other reasons, but we're talking about cultivating joyful moments for you. So they must be authentically what you want and what you value. If you find that you are often doing things that don't come from a place of authenticity, maybe it's time to just shake things up a little bit. Get in there. Figure out what it is that you really want. Figure it out what it is that you really prefer. Second question. What circumstances will allow me to experience my authentic preferences? Oftentimes the potential for joy in our most authentic preferences is dependent on the right circumstances. Therefore, we must set ourselves up for these circumstances. Be thoughtful about the people, situations, and environments in our lives and how they impact us when cultivating our moments of joy. If you enjoy that first cup of coffee alone in a still house, don't wake up last minute and settle for convenience store coffee on your morning commute. If you love playing pickleball, don't play with people who are hyper competitive and will not allow you to just enjoy the game. Choose your circumstances along with your preferences for those moments of joy. And then finally, what changes can I make in my life so that I spend more time In the conducive circumstances, enjoying my authentic preferences. I think this might be the most challenging because as human beings, we have a hard time bringing things together and not going into this all or nothing mentality. But here's the hope. Don't get trapped into that all or nothing thinking. Inviting more joy into your life does not mean you need to turn your current life upside down. Find where you can make small changes to invite these moments in. For example, say that your passion is playing jazz piano. However, you haven't made time for that in many years. The impact, the joyful moments that playing jazz piano will give you will not diminish just because you cannot devote your entire life to playing. Instead, by finding ways to enjoy playing jazz piano in increments will increase your joyful experience By adding those moments to your life, maybe that means spending 30 minutes at the piano every evening after dinner rather than watching TV. Maybe that includes signing up for a jazz workshop on a weekend rather than taking the family camping trip you only kind of enjoy. So while I don't have an entire strategy for you, I do have this urging. After asking yourself these questions, try something. Sneak that snuggle in with your sweet pup. Blow off your latest book you should read for a really indulgent novel. Forget the yard work and go have brunch with your bestie every Sunday morning. Build these rituals of joy into the framework of your life and see the impact that they have on the quality of your living.